Did you know that nose jobs, some of the most sought-after cosmetic surgical procedures today, were once considered extremely dangerous? Rhinoplasties, colloquially referred to as nose jobs, are treatments that are usually conducted for a deviated septum and they, like most medical procedures, have evolved drastically over time. Hi, my name is Gia and I am the Vice President of the NPSI Med Club and I'm here with Kirtana, the President. Welcome to Episode 2 of Season 2 of Operation Doctor, where we will be discussing some of the scariest surgeries in history. This podcast episode was written by one of our members, Divya Nilesh Shah. We hope you enjoy listening. Medical treatments are constantly evolving over time, but it is quite interesting to note that while some have proven to stand the tests of time, others have simply been banned entirely due to how perilous they are. Now, these surgeries aren't only scary to perform, but they also sound absolutely terrifying to go through. Two surgeries that have remained horrifying throughout history are lobotomies and trepanations. Lobotomies and trepanations have since been replaced by modern substitutes, but are these any less scary? Let's find out. Let's first talk about lobotomies. A lobotomy is a type of psychosurgery which is a neurological treatment for mental disorders where connections in the brain are severed. It was once considered the standard therapeutic treatment for those who had schizophrenia, bipolar disorder and other manic disorders. This treatment was started during the late 1800s by a Swiss physician, Dr. Gottlieb. He at the time was working at an asylum and wanted to bring peace and calm to his patients who suffered from mental disorders pertaining to the prefrontal cortex. He knew he couldn't make them sane, but he wanted them to achieve a state of mental peace. Although this was the first time it was used on humans, it was not the first time that it had been performed. A German physiologist, Friedrich Goltz, had performed a similar surgery on several dogs. A lobotomy was conducted using a pick-like instrument which was then inserted through the eyelids into the brain. The pick first went through the eyelid and then pierced a thin bone present by the eye socket. The pick then entered the brain where it could sever some neural connections. This surgery was most common between 1948 and 1952. It didn't seem to have many immediate effects. It was actually considered successful as it did bring the patients a sense of calm, but it had serious long-term effects. A study conducted between 116 of the original 150 patients showed that 97% of them experienced a personality defect, meaning that their day-to-day behavior and decision-making changed. 12% were later diagnosed with epilepsy. Many of the patients committed suicide, but there weren't any serious connections made to the surgery as they were all previously considered unstable. Today, a lobotomy is is very rarely performed and rightfully so. According to many, the lobotomy's modern alternatives are much more elegant. Instead of a lobotomy, medical experts use shock therapy and psychosurgery to treat patients whose symptoms have not been apprehended through other preliminary treatments. If you think lobotomies sound absolutely horrifying, Wait till you hear about a procedure conducted without the use of anesthesia. Trepanation is a procedure in which a small part of the skull is removed to relieve the pressure on the brain. 
Many ancient tribes used it as a practice to free the patient from spirits during rituals. While on a trip to the ancient city of Inca, Ephraim George Squire was gifted a skull from a South American Indian. This specific skull spiked his interest because it had a square-shaped hole which he later realized was not one caused by injury, but rather one caused by an extremely gut-wrenching surgery. Trepanation had been used for hundreds of years prior to Dr. Squire by the indigenous and it had also been attempted a couple of times by American doctors, but none of those had been successful. Dr. Squire then took the skull back to the United States to get it examined by the New York Academy of Medicine. The American medical experts didn't believe that it was possible for a Peruvian Indian to conduct such a surgery. And this was not only due to racism during the mid-1800s, but also because of the extremely low success rates of less than 10% in American hospitals. Trepanation has been used since 6000 BC and several skulls have been found at Neolithic gravesites with either square or round holes in the skulls. These holes had rough edges, letting the doctors assume that they were cut using sharp stone. There are five methods for trepanning. They are scraping, grooving, boring, and cutting and rectangular incisions. For the first method, they used a sharp stone to scrape the surface of the skull until the hole was formed. This formed thin pieces of skull around the hole, making it very fragile. The second was grooving, in which the surgeon used a circle-shaped cutter to groove a circle into the skull, which was then deepened, with that chunk of skull being entirely removed. Another method was drilling holes around the circumference of the hole they wanted to cut. This was done using a drill so that the skull could then be easily cut and the piece could be removed. Another method involved making rectangular incisions in the skull. Africans, Greeks and Peruvian Indians often used this technique without anesthesia as it was only invented after the 1800s and trepanning had been practiced for hundreds of years prior. Trepanation has now been banned in most countries and is used rarely in others. Instead, there is a very similar treatment for the same condition, known as a craniectomy. While we can consider this an evolution, a craniectomy is still one of the scariest surgeries practiced today, showing that there hasn't been much of a change in that aspect of the surgery. We hope this episode taught you something new about the history of medicine. Do you know any other scary treatments in history? Let us know on our Instagram page, at the NPSI Med Club. Enjoyed this episode? Take a listen to our other podcast episodes on medical ethics on our website, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Goodbye for now, and we'll see you in our next episode. Signing off, the NPSI Med Club.